Hello and welcome to the Consumer Goods Forum End-to-End Value Chain Podcast. My name is Joelle Mbouya-Leclerc and in this podcast series, you'll be hearing industry insights from experts working towards collaborative solutions that benefit the entire value chain. I'm away at the moment, but I'm delighted to leave you with End-to-End Value Chain Director Rudy Hagedorn. Over to you, Rudy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this podcast about NG Impact. And we have as our guest, Managing Director, Mark Chadwick. Hello, Mark. Hi, Rudy. Thanks for uh, inviting me. Happy to be here. Looking forward to an interesting discussion. Thanks for your time today. And uh, we'll be running through some key questions. And we will start with question number one. Mark, what are some of the biggest supply chain sustainability challenges facing the consumer goods industry today? Because I know that most of our members are looking into sustainability big time. So what's your point of view there? Yeah, I mean, you know, your membership base is quite a broad group of organizations, ranging from uh, companies who manufacture the the products we consume to companies who manufacture the packaging that those products are, are shipped in to the you know, to the retailers that directly interface with us on a day-to-day basis as we, we buy our products. And I think there's a pretty wide range of challenges that they face because of the breadth of, of the sector. I think really, if we think about them in groups, maybe there's some of the themes will start to become uh, a bit clearer. So for sure, uh, those organizations who are involved in manufacturing uh, directly, they have a uh, quite complex supply chains that they are managing, um, seeking to drive sustainability improvements in. And I think there's a a fair degree of complexity there. And I I often think about the challenges they would face in in two broad categories. So one being, how do I get visibility or transparency into what's actually happening in my supply chain? And I think that's one uh, fairly large challenge. But the, the second, uh, category of, of challenge that I that I like to think about is how do I catalyze action in this group? Um, so if we if we think about maybe unpacking each of those two things, solving for transparency is uh, really difficult because we're often asking for information or seeking information from organizations who perhaps don't know the answers or even how to go about finding the answers. So this is quite a different challenge if then to say, for example, if I was interested in understanding what the payment terms were for my supply chain, they would be able to answer that. Or if I wanted to understand their financial performance, they would be able to answer that. And the information would be readily available. But if I asked them about their sustainability performance, uh, you know, what is your greenhouse gas emissions or what's your energy consumption in your product? Um, what is the... Uh, potential for water pollution resulting from your manufacturer, often they will not even have the information to hand in the first place. So I think this whole solving for transparency piece is is a a fundamental challenge. And it's only really through tackling that challenge that we can properly understand the issues. um, And that then supports us getting to the next category of challenge, which is how do I catalyze action? And this is in itself not trivial because as a customer supplier relationship, we have influence, but we don't necessarily have control. 
So I think there's a real interesting conversation to be had there about how do we incentivize the supply chain to act to improve sustainability. I suppose even before that, there's a, there's a precursor question, right? Which is, what is it that we actually want them to do in the first place that will improve the sustainability of their product, right? Yeah, so let's assume, ask, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's assume we know what we want them to do. Then we have to think very carefully about how do we deliver the messages to them in a way that is going to be digestible and actionable? How do we get the right incentives for them um, to, to then act? And then, you know, how do we know whether the actions they are taking are having an effect? So all of that is complicated enough. But one of the points that is very clear to, to me and to, to my team when we start to look at supply chain sustainability is often the direct uh, supplier that in, in, uh, to your, your members will not be the place where the majority of the impact is, is felt. It's likely to be somebody up the value chain of your, of your supplier that is actually the key point of emissions and or other environmental or sustainability impact. So therefore we have this additional challenge of how do we get multi-level uh, information and action in the supply chain. So, so that's, uh, you know, that in itself I think is a difficult enough challenge, isn't it? If we think about retailers, all of those challenges are also owned by the retailer because the manufacturer we just talked about is in fact the supplier to the retailer. So all of that just passes down to the retailer, right? Um, but I think if I'm, a, if I'm putting myself in the shoes of a retailer, I'm also super interested in how do I deal with some business sustainability issues, like the, the change from bricks and mortar to, to online. And that creates a, a very different set of sustainability challenges for me because I'm now having to deliver a lot of stuff. I, in effect, cease to be purely a, an operator of uh, retail stores, and I start to become an operator of a, a fairly um, significant retail fleet, uh, delivery fleet. And at the moment, it's not super clear what the right answers are to make those fleets more sustainable. You know, we have uh, good solutions for many things, but uh, electrification of, of van delivery fleets or, or generally decarbonization of van delivery fleets is a bit tricky. So there we are. I think that's uh, <laughs> enough of a set of challenges to start thinking through. Um, and in many respects, this is why I find this sector so fascinating. You know, the, the, the solutions are not trivial and therefore are quite engaging and fun to wrestle with. Yeah, it sounds like solving a puzzle that's actually moving and uh, getting more sophisticated. Mark. Yes. Um, sustainability is a big topic, but also recently digitization, automation, so that leads up to technology. Mm -hmm. So if I take that term, how can technology be leveraged to address these critical challenges that you just mentioned? Yeah, I mean, this is a very interesting question to think through. And again, if we follow the model and we can think block by block, I think we'll start to see perhaps some ways that we can digitize and we can improve. Um, through technology. Um, and, you know, even at, at NG Impact, we have a few uh, tools that we've been working on ourselves to try and solve these problems. And, you know, I don't think we would claim that we have all of the answer, but I think we're, we're, we're making progress. Um, so thinking again about this idea of visibility, we have to find a way to make sustainability data timely and accurate in the similar ways that we have from our financial 
data today so that we can drive decisions. So that is um, a difficult thing to do. And digital digital tools really help us here because you know at least the way we see it. So we we have a a new platform we we launched at, at Climate Week and. Uh, middle of uh, middle to the end of September, and this tool seeks to try to solve this visibility problem by um, directly interfacing with the ERP systems of our of our clients. So by understanding what is being bought and from whom, it starts to give us some some better visibility as to what that um, supply chain looks like, and and we use the kinds of uh, processes and data calculations to allow us to see a little bit up the value chain see what the the full impacts of the things that are being bought by our customers are rather than you know just what the immediate impact of the the supplier to us would be um and through this process we start to solve for uh, completeness a little bit more so we're seeing the the full supply chain picture and we also start solve for timeliness because we're seeing as the uh, changing composition of things that are being bought we can reflect that into the um, scope three um, supply chain carbon impact measurement. So through this process, we really hope that we that that this level of insight will allow people to properly understand um, what is going on in the supply chain, and therefore what they can do about it. And this is the next part I think of where the digital tooling can become quite useful. We have a rules based uh, way of. Um, assessing and analyzing the data such that we can recommend actions that can be taken. So a, a very trivial example of this might be, you know, let's see, we let's say we notice that two suppliers of the same product to our clients are um, have radically different CDP ratings, for example. We can uh, recommend that our clients investigate these two suppliers to see whether, in fact, they could improve their sustainability outcomes by um, allocating more spend to the better performing supplier than the less well performing supplier. We can also do things like understand over time where um, there might be more renewable energy consumption in a particular supplier base than in others, and then again start to try to recommend um, action there. And it may not always be that you say, well, don't buy from this supplier, buy from the other supplier, because I know that generally procurement professionals don't like that kind of idea. You know, they work very hard to maintain long-term relationship with suppliers. That's okay, right? It's not, the, it, the, the only action is not to change supplier. It is also entirely feasible and recommended to begin to engage with those suppliers who are less um, advanced in sustainability with a very clear ask about what it is that you want them to do. So, you know, for example, you might say, um, we've identified the following suppliers who are very material to you, who drive a lot of emissions to you, for whom you represent a lot of spend, and 30% of them have committed set science-based targets and the other 70 haven't. One recommended action would be reach out to those suppliers and, and request that they also set a science-based target. So this is, I think, where the, uh, the collection of enough granular data that we believe is, is accurate enough to drive action is critical which then allows us to inform what those actions should be. So I think that's a key role of digitization. I think one of the other areas that I, is particularly um, important is in providing that multi-level of supply chain visibility. So, you know, as I, I said, our, our tool Ellipse doesn't have all the answers and there are other tools out there that augment the, the, the story. 
So, you know, we have a, a relationship with a company called Supply Shift, who are really trying to solve that multi-level supplier um, story. So we're working with them on a, with a number of our clients to give us that visibility, conscious that really what we're trying to do is identify where those big points of energy and emissions intensity are, so that we can go and approach those companies and try to help them reduce those emissions. And actually, you know, Ellipse does something different. Supply chain does, uh, supply shift does something different. And there are other tools out there too. There's a, a tool that I know is used by NG corporate and by many other corporates called EcoVardis, which I think is a, a very nice tool for getting a broad picture of where the sustainability risks are in a, in a supply chain and supply base. So, you know, the, the, there really isn't a single um, silver bullet of digital tooling out there yet. I think all of us are working to try to solve different parts of the, the, the puzzle. Yeah, very clear. And what struck me is the, the angles that your company and, and you're looking at things. So we, we touched upon sustainability, we combine it with technology, but there's a third angle actually, which is collaboration. And uh, which is also something we drive at the Consumer Goods Forum. So uh, Mark, why is collaboration on you know, events, maybe such as Winter Comes next week, important for you to help drive positive change for businesses and people and the planet, because I think that's, that's the clear scope as I can see it. I think, uh, look, I mean, we're, we're talking about supply chains here, right? And the, the whole nature of a supply chain is it involves many actors um, working together, often without, without plan to deliver something such as, a, you know, uh, an item for sale in a, in a retailer. So, you know, here we have lots of companies spread all around the world producing component parts, which are variously assembled as they move through the supply chain to arrive at a point where you or I can walk into a retailer and, and buy it. So by its very nature, this problem has to be tackled in a collaborative way if we're going to optimize. And how does one get the various actors into a, a, a particular place where these topics can be discussed. And it's, and it's not that easy um, because of the dispersed geographic nature of these characters, because of the different commercial needs that they might have. Even sometimes it's, it's out, outright not allowed because of risks of, of collusion or other things of that sort. So in some ways, the, the ideas of, the, of, uh, of events like Winter Comes and others they're a place where we can all come together around a particular topic. And for a while, we can not focus on our day jobs of producing widgets to be assembled into bigger widgets to eventually be sold to someone and focus instead on a different problem. And for me anyway, and I don't know if, if other people feel this way, but the, the, the whole idea of going into a different place than your normal place of work, surrounded by different people listening to innovative ideas is for me a, a big um, spark of, of creativity for myself. And, it, and I, I come up with often the, the best ideas I have when I'm in these kinds of uh, environments. And so that's where I think the, you know, the huge value comes. It's that bringing together of, of different actors that wouldn't normally meet into a brand new place where creativity can be uh, maximized to solve a problem that is different from the day job. So this is really, I think, the real value. Um, and, and let's see, I think we've missed it, you know, over the last 
18 months to two years when we've we've not been able to do it. Um, I think organizations have missed that chance to really come together around around problems and you know doing so via uh, teams or zoom or some other thing is just not the same. Um, so so I really look forward to resumption of these kinds of events and for us all to you know roll up our sleeves and, and try and tackle these most complex issues be it through digitization or be it through regular great communication with your with your supplier base or with your colleagues or whatever it is, but to, to be able to work together again and, and tackle this topic face to face is something that I'm really looking forward to. Excellent, yeah, talking, talking dialogue, uh, Mark. Um, where can our listeners reach out to you to get more information or continue the conversation? Yeah, we've got, like most organizations, a whole number of different channels that we, people can use to reach us. Um, of course, we have our website, which you would uh, be surprised to hear is uh, www.ngimpact.com. So <laughs> not uh, doesn't take a huge uh, leap of imagination on that one. So NG is uh, E-N-G-I-E, -E, um, in case people are not familiar. Um, we also have... Uh, regular Twitter feed, we have uh, LinkedIn pages. Um, so there are a number of different ways that, that people can reach out to us and get in touch with us. Um, I'm also personally on LinkedIn, so a member of a number of sustainability and, and carbon related groups on LinkedIn, always happy to get involved in uh, discussion and dialogue with people um, through that channel. So if anybody wants to um, Come back to me on any particular points I've raised today, or you know, violently object to anything that I've said. Then you know, you, you know, please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, and I'll be delighted to uh, to hear um, what people think. Um, yeah, always happy. Mark, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for being with us, and um, I think I'm going to those now. The recording. Is there something I forgot to ask you? Are you all good? All set. I, I think you've covered the main points that we need to need to um, share with the, the listeners here. And um, I think probably my closing point would be, um, while I am impatient to see greater progress on sustainability, I am also uh, fully aware of the challenges and difficulties that driving meaningful uh, changes in, a, in the supply chain actually entails. And so I... Uh, Certainly admire all of the colleagues who are working to this endeavor and putting their um, their their efforts and their energies to try to, to solve this complex problem. So thanks to all who are um, fighting this fight and uh, making the progress day by day. Clear message. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Chadwick, Managing Director from Angie Impacts. So all contact details will be found on the podcast file. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you much also to your team for organizing all of this and let's meet somewhere for collaboration in the near future then. Thank Looking you. To Thank you, Rudy. Cheers. Thank you very much to our listeners for tuning in to yet another episode of the End to End Value Chain podcast and be sure to catch the next one. And in the meantime, if you would like some more news on End to End Value Chain and product data, feel free to visit our website on tcgf.com valuechain.com.